0: It's time for the number one talk show of Eastern Connecticut and Southern Rhode Island. The Stu Breyer Potpourri Talk Show on
1: 1310 WICH. Now, here's Stu Breyer. All right, and now live from his office, one of our favorite guests, the Colonel Rob Simmons is with us. Good
0: morning, Rob. Hey, good morning, Stu, and how are you doing today?
1: Well, we're doing okay. I'm trying to... Keep my head above water, trying not to watch too much news, so I won't get well, sick. Well,
0: you, you got to watch a little bit, you oh, know, yeah. so that when you go on the radio, you speak truth. That's so important. That's what people are really eager to uh, to hear is, you know, the the naked truth. And if if you say something or I say something, and they got a problem and they call in and correct us, that's fine too. But mm-hmm. but uh, there's so much bias. Uh, in in the media these days, and I, I was interested to read a, an article in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend uh, about the Baltimore Sun. You know, I used to uh, work in Baltimore. I was at Fort Hollibird in Dundalk, uh, which is down near the shipyards in Baltimore. So I spent about a year there, over a year, <clears throat> army cook, and then I was a trainee. At uh, Fort Hollabird, so I got to know Baltimore, and I got to know the Baltimore Sun, which has a great history. You know, H. L. Mencken used to work for the uh, Baltimore Sun, and the paper dates back to 1837. So it's a it's a long time paper. It's like kind of like the Hartford Current. It's got that history, or the New York Post. And it was just it was just bought by a guy who made his fortune. In TV and radio, TV and radio. His family was big in radio. They, they. He's a, a billionaire, and he just bought the uh, the Baltimore Sun. and And what he said was interesting. He said, uh, "There's a troubling trend of irresponsible, one-sided news stories plaguing our country." Unquote.
1: God bless him.
0: One-sided news stories. Uh, have you encountered that, Stu, in your in your professional career that the, the news tends to be one-sided? You
1: know, it hasn't changed at all, Rob. I, I follow it all the time, and uh, I thought they have they haven't learned their lesson yet.
0: Well, and it, he goes on, and he says, "Quote: The print media is so left-wing as to be meaningless dribble,
2: mm-hmm. which
0: accounts for why the industry is." and will fade away, just no credibility, unquote. Oh, oh, boy. And then the guy's 73 years old, so I can appreciate what he's saying. He's been around for a while.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, then he goes on and he says, we all want voices, uh, but we want it to be neutral. In other words, in buying the Baltimore Sun, he wants to change the left-wing bias of the print media and make it more neutral and he this guy's not stupid he realizes that buying a newspaper today is 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 a good way to you know lose money as they say how do you make a, a small fortune in print media start with a big one and then he goes on to say the baltimore sun had uh, 600 union members in 1999 today the union represents only 70 workers uh, so we all know that print media has been in trouble, but this guy, uh, who's made his fortune in radio and and in TV, uh, calls it out. In the bottom line, he says, "I think a paper can be profitable, <clears throat> but they've got to get back to you know, telling the truth and being neutral and pers- and giving people the facts." Oh. When when you go to the sports page <clears throat> of the Norwich Bulletin, Stu, mm-hmm. and you read the sports page. <clears throat> Do they tell you that the Boston Patriots are are doing great and they're winning and they're going to go to the Super Bowl?
1: <laughs> no, but they do it with the politics, huh?
0: They don't, they don't tell you that. You know why? Yeah. Cuz <clears throat> the reader can watch the game. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the reader can say, "Hey, wait a minute. Uh they have a losing record. And by the way, Belichick has been fired." So, you can't tell me that just cuz you like the New England Patriots. You can't tell me they're winning. They're gonna have they're having a winning season. They're going to the Super Bowl. No, that's a great that's not point. Happen.
1: Great points you're making. Sure.
0: And the, and here's the second point. When you go to the obituary page, and you read that um, Rob Simmons, a right wing Republican, has died and been buried, and and the world is a better place without him. And that's on the obituary page. But I'm still alive. Is that what happens? <laughs> Well, well, maybe maybe somebody out there wants that to happen, but when you read the obituary page, I guarantee you, ninety nine point nine percent of the of the deaths that are reported, the people are actually dead, and so and so when you read the page, you, you know you're getting the facts. But this guy, uh, this wow. person who's who's uh, featured in the Wall Street Journal, David Smith. He's saying these print media people have to get back to being neutral and telling the truth, or they're dead, or they're finished, and that's what he's going to try to do with the Baltimore Sun. So that's kind of why I like your show, and I like you personally, of course I go on other radio shows, because it gives people, it gives people like me the opportunity to, to comment about what's going on uh, in the world today, and if somebody disagrees with me, what are they going to do?
1: This is wonderful. I want to interview that. I'd love to interview that guy that uh, bought the paper. I'd love to interview. Oh,
0: he's 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 really seems like a really uh, interesting guy. I mean, he's from Baltimore. He's a lifelong resident of Baltimore. He loves Baltimore. I'm sure he's very sad about you know what's happened to Baltimore because it's it's like a lot of our cities that are run. You know one hundred percent run by democrats it's it 's declined as a city it 's declined mm-hmm. uh, New York is in decline with crime and and uh, taxation and so on in chicago these These great cities of America are, are in deep trouble they become sanctuary cities, which means they they be, they become centers of crime and corruption, which is but it's damn
1: so shame. obvious. The
0: papers that used to be the great papers for these yeah. cities have also gone into decline. The Hartford Current, for example, sold their headquarters. They no longer have an office next to the armory. I don't know where they, oh they, God, they yeah. print their paper, and I don't know where the people work. They don't have an editorial board anymore. They used to. They don't now. The New London Day just sold their building, a beautiful building, uh, down there uh, in downtown New London, uh, which was a symbol of the greatness of the paper, but you know the paper gets thinner and thinner. So, so there's there's a lot there's a lot of interesting things that are happening here for people like me who came from a newspaper family and are just watching watching how they how well, they. Well, there want. there
1: are people that uh, really don't want to know the truth, um, and there are people that really are independent thinkers, and then there are people that um, it's always going to be one way, but. Open up your mind, and at least if you have a paper that's down the middle, then you can make your own mind up. So well, that's, that's a good exactly
0: thing. Exactly right, and and you know let's let's take a quick look at um, uh, what's happened in the in the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary. Um, the Iowa caucus, a caucus is a, is a is a strange beast, and some states still do a caucus. There's not actually a vote that you can record, but the individuals caucus and come up with a candidate that they want to support. Well, it was pretty overwhelmingly in support of Donald Trump. If you like him, that's great. If you don't like him, that's too bad. But those are the facts. And Ron DeSantis uh, dropped out. He saw the, the writing on the wall. He dropped out. And he's gone. Uh, Nikki Haley said, well, I'm going to New Hampshire, and I'll have a better chance in New Hampshire. And when she came to New Hampshire, Donald Trump beat her by 11 points. But the way she treated it after the fact uh, seemed to me like she was celebrating a victory. She said, well, it was closer this year between him and me than it was with him, uh, what, four years ago that, uh, that, that I closed the gap and so i'm 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 in the race and and i'm doing i'm i'm doing good i don't think i believe that um and so what you have to do then is you have to kind of drill down a little bit and see what is unusual about the new hampshire primary and what's unusual about the new hampshire primary is it's an open primary okay mm-hmm. and what that means is that unaffiliated voters can vote. can vote in the Republican primary, which is an open primary, and Democrats who switch parties, I don't know, 30, 60, 90 days before the primary, they can also vote in it. So what we what we learned by drilling down a little bit and talking to the pollsters and talking to some of the um, news media uh, folks uh, up there is that her Source of support, 70% of her support in New Hampshire were not registered Republicans. Mm-hmm. That Haley's support came uh, to a greater extent from Democrats and independents who planned to vote for Joe Biden in November and not from Republicans. So, so her um, results which look good initially on paper, uh, aren't that good when you consider that the remaining, most of the remaining primaries, not all of them, but most of the remaining primaries uh, here in in the United States are going to be closed primaries, which means they're open only to Republicans, only to Republicans. And for her to say that Trump is on the ropes after winning only, after winning, by only 11 points. Oh, 11 points looks close. But then when you consider who could be voting for her, Democrats and, and unaffiliated or independent voters, then, then her margin of defeat is much more serious. Mm-hmm.
1: But couldn't it have been, uh, Rob, couldn't it have been independent voters or, who are fed up with Joe Biden uh, want to have the opportunity if they do want to cross the line and go over to the Republicans and they'd rather vote for Nikki Haley?
0: They could. I mean, you know we, don't know, we don't know the mind of all these individuals, but we, knew, we do know that an open primary makes it difficult. Uh, for example, I've always thought here in the state of Connecticut, where the Republican Party is a minority party, only about 25 percent of the registered voters are Republican, that if we had an open primary allowing the unaffiliated in, uh, we could come up with candidates with a better chance of winning in the general election. That's just what I believe, because uh, the support I've always gotten uh, over the years in the general election is from unaffiliated as well as Republicans. Um, uh, The Republican base supports me, but the hard-right Republican Party call me names. and They they don't like me. They they either don't vote or they Mm -hmm. vote for some third-party person. Uh, But the unaffiliated, who tend to support moderates, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, The unaffiliated uh, supports me. But if the unaffiliated is not allowed to vote in the primary, only the Republicans, then the hard right play a larger role and and maybe endorse a candidate that appeals to them but can't win the general election.
1: Okay, Rob, let me ask you this about Nikki Haley. I mean, she gets uh, beat up pretty good in the press and um, one of the talk shows and whatever. But doesn't she have a wonderful resume? Isn't she uh, somebody she who does. could make a good president? She,
0: she does. I I personally think she's a great candidate and, and uh, a great person. Um, uh, you know, she's uh, a very successful woman. She's a woman, some say, of color because she's an Indian-American. Uh, she has been the governor of her state. She's been uh, ambassador to the UN. So she, she not only knows how to govern how to manage a state. Although she has her enemies in her own state, uh, some of the right wingers don't like her for taking down the Confederate flag. I I think that was an act of courage. But in any event, uh, she's been exposed to foreign policy issues by serving in the UN. Uh, she was she was not a a wet noodle in the u.n. she was tough she stood up to china she stood up for israel <clears throat> she she was a good ambassador for donald trump's policies uh... in the u.n. and and so you know these are these are good good solid uh, characteristics the problem the problem the republican party has and the problem that the country has is the Democrats have made such an effort to demonize Donald Trump and they have made such an effort to undermine our democracy by bringing all of these frivolous allegations and charges against him. and this this didn 't just begin with January sixth or thereafter this This began uh, when he first ran for office and when the Clinton campaign came up with the the russian scam the the uh, steel. Dossier, which was supposed to be intelligence reports about the evils of Donald Trump and how he was a Russian agent. It was all fabricated by the Clinton campaign and promoted by the Democrat Party from Barack Obama. Joe Biden, Susan Rice, Jim Comey, the Justice Department was was promulgated throughout the campaign, and when he won the race, which they hoped he wouldn't win, they continued it with the Mueller report and a whole series of impeachments and other uh, actions designed to to um, destroy no, him. No, you
1: you the- and I you and I know you and I know that uh, Rob. But the- don't like
0: an unfair fight and they always support the underdog and he he has become an underdog figure which makes him more popular
1: absolutely some of the tactics have uh boosted him i mean that it's pretty obvious it, well
0: yeah, i like no i like nikki it. haley i like her yeah and i've i've given her some support i thought she did very well in the debates she was articulate uh, she was tough in dealing with uh, Vavek Ramaswamy, maybe a little too tough. I, I prefer debates where we focus on the opposition, not on each other. Um, but uh, I thought she was articulate. I thought she expressed herself well uh, and stood up well. And, and because she's been the governor of a state, she has the experience of management. Uh, so many uh, candidates for pre- the presidency uh, come from the House or the Senate or a legislature uh, and they're attorneys. And, and, you know, they, in my opinion, they don't make good managers.
1: So let me ask you this. Uh, let me, Rob, let me ask you this.
0: Eisenhower was a great. President, a great manager. I didn't think so much of Richard Nixon. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't that good. He certainly knew foreign policy. I thought I loved Jack Kennedy. I loved him as a person, but he was a senator. And he didn't have the, the management skills, uh, I think, that were necessary. And he he had, he, he was, had trouble dealing with uh, Khrushchev and some of these foreign policy issues. I think Biden is a classic case of somebody who spent his whole career in Congress, his whole career as a senator. I think he's been a, a disaster as a president because he doesn't know how to manage things.
1: So, Rob, let me ask you this question because I want to get a phone call in here for you. Sure. Rob Simmons is with us, uh, one of our favorite guests, and that is, so do you think Nikki Haley is wrong for staying the course and hanging with that?
0: No, I, I, don't. I, I don't. I don't think she has a chance of winning at this stage of the game. And people say, well, she should get out. Um, and, and my answer to that is, well, Why? I mean, if she still has people that are paying the bill, mm-hmm. why shouldn't she go to a, a primary in her home state? If the polling in her home state—that's the next primary, by the way—and it's a closed primary, just Republicans—if she goes to her home state and the polls show that she's going to get trounced, uh, then maybe uh, maybe it's not such a good idea. But that's that's her choice.
1: You know, when that's I hear people choice. when I hear people cr- uh, criticize her, oh, she didn't drop out. Do you, I don't think for a minute that Donald Trump would have dropped out.
0: No, and he and he hasn't. I mean, they've got lawsuits and all this other frivolous BS. They're trying to take him off the ballot in Colorado mm-hmm. and Maine and elsewhere. They got all this this nasty uh, garbage uh, that they're they're throwing at him. But he's from New York City. He's he in New York City. You, you know, you. You'd learn how to fight to survive. I mean, my family came... I was born and raised in New York. My family came over from Ireland and and, and were successful in, in New York. But it's very competitive. New York is a very tough environment, and that's, that's the environment that he grew up in.
1: All right, I want to take a call, a quick call here. Hi, WICH. What's your question for Rob?
2: My question is I want to know what he thinks about this uh, execution that's supposed to take place today in Alabama. This person killed... He stabbed somebody mm-hmm. in 1988, okay. and they are and they're trying a new thing with some kind of nitric ox- oxide that deprives oxygen, and it's experimental and it's never been used. And I, I just think it's just horrible.
1: Okay, well, I'll have Rob respond. Thank you.
0: I was, I couldn't hear it because of the connection.
1: Okay, we we were talking about capital punishment um, yeah. the other day and. It, it's a a topic that rears its ugly head occasionally, and there's going to be an execution sure. today, and um, they want to make sure that they don't hurt the murderer in the execution, and people are upset about it. Uh, you want to give a, an opinion on that?
2: Yeah, um, I
0: believe that certain crimes are so egregious that mm-hmm. they um, that the the convicted individual if, if if rightfully prosecuted rightfully tried and rightfully convicted uh, is convicted of capital punishment uh, Michael Ross comes to mind here in Connecticut uh, um, kidnapped tortured and murdered I don't know a dozen maybe two dozen
2: mm-hmm. young
0: women and 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 admitted to it. Uh, and then he was scheduled for capital punishment, and, and after a few years in prison, he said, "Yeah, that's fine with me. I, <laughs> I really don't want to spend yeah. the rest of my life in prison. Uh, why, uh, let it go forward." And then people came out and said, "No, no, no, we can't do that. I, I think that's foolish. Uh, let it, let it happen." Um, and and if you're a Nazi war criminal and you killed millions of Jews in the camps, and you were rightfully tried and convicted, yeah, I think you mm-hmm. I think you've earned the right or you've earned the the decision to be well, killed. I,
1: I, 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 I agree with you 100. Are so I agree with you 100 percent. And some of the folks that say, well, no, never, no capital punishment. I say, well, what if it was somebody that was close to you? Would you feel differently? and yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly something right. to think and, about and I
0: know the argument in some quarters is well uh the law the legal system's not fair, and black people have been convicted and and killed uh, they 've been falsely accused and killed that 's absolutely true, and that's that's a big issue and that's a, a, a black people in the South have been lynched. Um, uh, there was lynching of uh Italians in uh, where in New Orleans or someplace back at the turn of the century uh, so th- there has there have been examples of uh, of uh, posse justice if you will and there have been there have been blacks that have, have not survived the legal system uh, have been killed and uh, those cases are uh, terribly wrong and terribly unfortunate but but there are also cases uh, sort of the uh, the, the, the Michael Ross case, where somebody has is, is engaged in terrible criminal activity and has admitted to it, um, and, and they and they should go. There should be some form of justice for the for the families of victims.
1: Okay, Rob Simmons, we're going to uh, you and I going to take a little trip to the border after this break. All right?
2: The border, the invasion.
1: <laughs> I'll be right there. <laughs> Stu Brey with the WICH. I'll try to get another call in as well. Let's uh, take a break. Which was a good lead-in, as they call in the radio, a segue to our little chat now about the border situation, which is completely out of control. And uh, I don't know how some people don't get it by now. However, it appears now, Rob, that when they do ask people, the number one issue with them is the border.
0: Well, because the the Biden policies on the border, and it's the Obama policies too, are anti-American. This situation at the border was created largely as a part of the public policy initiatives currently of the Biden administration because he reversed every executive order uh, that was in place during the Trump administration uh, and has purposely opened the border uh, to this invasion of illegal aliens, some of whom are from countries that are hostile to us, and most of whom are military-age young men. And they're not political prisoners in the traditional sense. They're not people that have been uh, um, badly treated by their native country, it doesn't appear. It appears to be people that uh, their native country is allowing to leave the native country to go to Central and South America and to engage in in the invasion. And ironically, the sanctuary cities that were created by Democrats across the country are now bearing the burden of this invasion and, like the mayor of New York, complaining bitterly that the federal government should reimburse him essentially for the policies that he pursues as mayor of New York with a sanctuary city because his city is being overwhelmed by illegal aliens. But 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 my question to the mayor of New York is, are you going to change the policy? Are you going to cease to be a sanctuary city? Which, is, which essentially means you will not cooperate with the federal government on arresting criminals who have come into your city, known criminals who have come into your city uh, illegally, who have com- committed other crimes. And, and, and the answer is no. The, the mayor of New York continues to non-cooperate with CBO, com- the, the uh, Customs and Border um, control CBC, control, custom and border control people, or the immigration folks, and and he wants the federal government to bail them out. But here's my question to you, Stu: mm-hmm. Where do those federal dollars come from? Let me ask you a question: Do you fa- pay federal income taxes?
1: Sure, we all do.
0: I Mo- do. Most you of us. Do.
1: Most of us do. Yes.
0: How about? How about? <laughs> the the millions of people in the state of Connecticut who work hard and earn money and pay federal taxes. Don't they pay money to the federal government?
1: Mm -hmm. So where's it going?
0: Why should their tax dollars here in Connecticut go to Washington, D.C., and then go to New York, because New York has a policy of accommodating illegal aliens through a sanctuary city program, people that come into this country illegally. We don't know who they are. We don't know what their backgrounds are. They haven't filled out any of the paperwork. They haven't done any of the things they're supposed to do. There are so many of them. When you tell them you have to report to a judge in a couple of years, but you don't know where they are, that's simply not going to happen. Of course not. Why should we pay for it? Oh, as as for the radio clip that you had, that, well, we need to get the rich people to open their homes. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, kidding? What they happened saying, when
0: when the governor of Texas shipped uh, forty or fifty illegal aliens to Nantucket? <laughs> what happened? Did Barack and, and Michelle Obama open their million dollar home? And it's not their only home. It's one of several homes that they own. It's it's actually empty most of the time. Did they say, "Hey, hey, we've we've got a we got a house up there on Nantucket"? or Martha's Vineyard or wherever the hell it is uh, you uh, get some of those illegals in there sure they can go in there no that didn't happen in fact uh, i've never seen government move so fast as the government of the state of Massachusetts in getting them off the island if
1: that didn't there was prove a single something
0: millionaire billionaire on Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard wherever they wherever they were dumped off that opened up their home to anybody, in fact, everyone called screamed and yelled for the police, which half of them wanted to defund because that was that was virtue signaling of course we 're going to defund the police because they're not nice, uh, but now we want the police to get these people these people out of here, so you think uh, you think in north shore um, uh Chicago, where all the wealthy people live they 're going to open their mansions or maybe even their uh, their guest houses on their palatial estates to illegal aliens, not going to happen. Where are they going to end up? They're going to end up in the poor neighborhoods. And they're gonna, the kids are going to end up in the poor schools. Uh, and there are going to be um, massive groups of people going into the health clinics in the poor neighborhoods. And then crime is going more crime is going to come to the poor neighborhoods you're going to get gang violence in the poor neighborhoods. The people who are going to suffer from this are the poor, many of whom are here illegally. they're going to suffer well, this, this is outrageous <clears throat> behavior and you know they tell they tell a, a joke about it It's really not funny anymore but you know we're're we're, we're big on the Coast Guard here in Connecticut and they tell a story about a Coast Guard cutter. Uh, off the coast of Southern California stopping a a boat that had a half a dozen illegal uh, aliens in it and the Coast Guard Carter pulled over and said you know what, what what are you doing here and where are you going they said well we're from Mexico and we're going to San Diego <laughs> and they said well what's your, what's your business in San Diego and they didn't say well we're political refugees they said uh we're We're going to overthrow the government of the United States of America,
1: well, at least they were honest about it
0: and, and the and the coast guard uh captain said, "Whoa, you mean the six of you are going to overthrow the the government of the United States of America and they said, No, we're going to join the twenty million that are already there." <laughs>
1: Rob, I wish everybody knew. I mean, if you watch, I mean, like W, uh, what's the the big uh, liberal station? You're never going to know this stuff. You know, it's it's amazing. Uh, they
0: don't know how many people are here, and they don't know who they are. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We we have a we have a, a war in the Middle East between Israel and everybody else, Iran's proxies, uh, people in uh, pretending uh, to be civilians going out and slaughtering. Innocent uh, Israelis in their kibbutzes or at their their band festivals or wherever, we have this going on, and we have Hamas and Hezbollah and the Houthis and others and Iran chanting "Death to Israel," "Death to, death to America," and yet, folks from from those. Countries that are chanting death to America are coming in this country.
1: Listen, I want to take this phone call we'll and China. Uh, I want to pursue we, the,
0: hundreds, you know, tens of thousands of young Chinese men are coming to this country.
1: I want to pursue well, that. I want are to we pursue that along
2: with China.
1: Let me take this call. We'll pursue that more with Israel. Hi, WICH. Thanks for holding.
2: Hey, Stu. I want to see if you and uh, Rob Stevens and all the other listeners on this radio station uh, have the same opinion as I do, but. I don't see it in Nikki Haley, okay, you know, where she has the gumption, okay? I want a politician who's gonna sound like a fighter, okay, with the words and, and strength in their voice, okay? She sounds more like a uh chocolate chip cookie baking mom, okay? I don't want that. How is she going to uh deal with foreign affairs, okay, with maybe North Korea or South Korea or anybody else, okay, out there with like, Oh well, you know, it's, you know, this and that blah blah blah. It's like come on. If you're gonna sound, if you're gonna be a president, sound like a darn president.
1: All right, thanks. Uh, it's,
2: just, it's just like Bob Joe uh, Stefanowski, okay? When he was uh, running against Lamont, it was the same thing with him and his voice, his low tone voice. It's like if you're gonna be a fighter, then sound like a damn fighter, because you know, you know, sound like you're really mad. This is a political war that we're dealing with, okay? And we're fighting through, you know. Sound like a darn leader, okay? They don't have my, you know, my vote if they're gonna sound like a wimp.
1: All right, thank you, thank you, sir. See, I, I don't look at Nikki Haley that way. I, I look at her as a fighter, but um, this well, gentleman she, doesn't.
0: She is. Uh, I, I hear. I, I hear what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And um, as somebody who spent over thirty years in the military, four years in a war zone, Vietnam, but somebody also who was with the CIA during the Cold War, uh, there are different ways of fighting, and there, there are different styles of fighting, and. Um, So as a woman who uh, has been successful in politics, as she says, never lost a race. I mean, I've lost several myself. So you shouldn't have. So far, she's doing better than I am. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she has a way of going about it that is perhaps a a very different style from Donald Trump. Well,
1: everybody has has a different style.
0: (laughs) Everyone has a different style from Donald Trump. Uh, the fact that she was in the UN as, as ambassador for at least a year—I think it was a year and a half, maybe longer—means that she has been exposed to that part of the world. Uh, and, but of course, fighting in the UN is basically fighting with words. It's—it's uh, it's not
2: mm-hmm.
0: engaging as Trump did with ISIS and and as Trump did with Iran and killing the head of of the Iranian. Uh, Special Guard uh, in Baghdad. I mean, that was pretty gutsy.
1: He did some wonderful things. I I realize that. Pretty gutsy
0: thing to do. So it's a it's a different style, but but I understand what the caller is saying, and and that probably is why people are voting for Donald Trump uh, over Nikki and over Ron DeSantis because they feel that. He can push. They feel that he would never have allowed the retreat in Afghanistan. I think they feel that he would never take bribes from China or Russia or Ukraine, which the Biden family has obviously done. They've obviously sold the office of vice president and president to Foreign countries who are not necessarily. And we'll, ne- we'll never know. Ukraine we'll never. Ukraine we'll never know. Zelensky. We'll never know if he was uh, in office if know, we would
1: have gone to Ukraine. We never would have known.
0: Uh, Trump did the Abraham Accords in the Middle East, mm-hmm. which was historic, and the uh, Arab countries surrounding Israel actually agreed to sign uh, economic. Uh, social and political agreements to get along better. The Abraham Accords were unprecedented. Uh, Trump moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, which was a huge decision that every president um, since Eisenhower promised to do it, but none of them did it. But he did it, and every every uh, person who said no they weren't going to do it said, "Well, it's going to create a huge disruption in the Middle East." When Trump did it, nobody said a thing. And when I went to Israel last year and visited in the new embassy with the DCM, Deputy Chief of Mission, I said, what negative impacts have you experienced by moving the embassy to uh, Jerusalem? And she said, none. In fact, everything works better. Because when we were in Tel Aviv and we needed to come to talk to the Israeli leadership or or other embassies that are located here, we had to to get in a car and travel, and now we don't have to do that as much.
1: It's amazing the talking heads. Yeah, well. the, the talking heads, Trump Rob. Trump
0: did a, a bunch of gutsy things, uh, which I think the individual is referring.
1: You know, to. it's it's ironic Maybe because uh,
0: it's
1: ironic because uh, the you know the media call him an anti semit anti semite. He was the best supporter Israel ever had, so it's yes, just his, remarkable.
0: Uh, his, his wonderful favorite daughter married somebody who happened to be Jewish.
1: Yeah. So how stupid are some of the rhetoric that no, we have? It's just,
0: it's just BS, yeah. you, you know, and, and people buy into it, unfortunately, because they don't take the time to, to look at the facts. And
1: right, we we'll get this call in. Hi, WICH. What's your question for Rob?
2: Yeah, actually. Uh, uh, hey, hi, Rob. Two I need a question. To you. The first one is uh, uh, under current federal law, Biden and his administration is breaking a breaking law on, on the border. By letting these people in, I want to know. Question one: Why have the Republicans in Congress have not started impeachment uh, processes against the president for for mm-hmm. uh, uh, violating a law that's already on the books? My second question is: What do you think about the two Supreme Court justices,
0: Barrett and Roberts, who overruled Texas and trying to protect their border? From what the uh, uh, Biden administration is doing. Thank
1: right, you. Good question. Thank you.
0: Thanks for the call. Both are good questions. With regard to the first question, why haven't they begun impeachment proceedings? Uh, actually, they, they have. Uh, they they do not have articles of impeachment on the floor, but they have moved legislation to begin uh, the impeachment investigation, if you will, uh, for this presidency, and they have also worked on the impeachment of Mayorkas, who is the head of the Department of Homeland Security. So maybe it's not moving as fast as some people might want, but it certainly is out there. And there are some people, just so you know, that say politically uh, it's not a good idea to do this in an election year, uh it it might uh, backfire just the way taking trump off the ballot in colorado is something that has apparently backfired or taking him off the ballot in maine has has backfired Rob, so, Rob,
1: so Rob. But, but
0: but the bottom line is yeah they have initiated it and then with regard to the supreme court decision um you know I, I didn't i didn't like it i haven't read the decision so i don't know the grounds on which they made that decision but i believe that, that I'm, a, I'm a constitutional conservative I believe that the federal government was created by sovereign states the states have sovereignty the states have rights and, and the state of Texas has a right to defend its borders I believe that yes it's a, it's a Texas border and it's a federal border I get it but they have a right to do that but for them to say that putting up concertina wire to, to reduce the, the invasion of illegal aliens into their state uh, is somehow interfering with the Border Patrol is nonsense. And, and people in the media who have talked to the Border Patrol about the concertina wire, the Border Patrol is more than happy to have the state of Connecticut assist in reducing the flood of illegal immigrants. And when Biden simply says, well, we can solve the problem if we get more money, uh, no, it's not about money. It has nothing to do with money, Joe. It has to do with your executive orders that basically declare there is no border.
1: So, Rob, no border, Rob. And
0: everybody can come in. Rob. And your party, Joe, uh, throughout this country, have cities, uh, large cities and medium sized cities that are sanctuary cities or sanctuary states that are saying, hey, it's okay for people to come here illegally. The the whole thing is a disastrous mess. And only now are people beginning to realize we can't have thousands and thousands of illegals sleeping in our airports as we as we try to travel around or sleeping in our train stations. Or sleeping in our um facilities that were originally set aside for veterans.
1: Hey, Rob, before I take a break. giving
0: millions and millions of dollars to illegals who should not be here when, in fact, we have a homeless population already.
1: Okay, Rob, before we I. we have
0: veterans already that are homeless, that aren't being cared Rob, for. Rob,
1: before we I take a break, uh, Mayorkas, why are they trying to impeach him when he gets his, he gets his uh, rules and uh from the president, I mean, it's why, why because they?
0: because his repeated testimony before the I House mean, he's Democratic lying. Essentially, is a lie.
1: Of course, he's lied through his. He's a liar. Whatever, it, yeah.
0: And it's easier to impeach the Depart- the the um, the secretary of homeland security than the president. We all know that.
1: All right, let me take a break, and we, I just want to go back to Israel for a little bit. Stay with us, Rob Simmons. The colonel is here. Always interesting. Rob Simmons, always interesting to have him on the program. Well, Rob, um, Israel and the Middle East is just a big, fat powder keg right now with the Houthis and uh, Iran and, of course, Hamas. And people are wanting to, you know, Israel should stop, take a break. Where are we going with this?
2: Well, it's
0: interesting you you bring that up because uh, one of the things that I was... Uh, looking at today was a article in the New York Times that uh, came out yesterday, Wednesday, front-page article in the New York Times, uh, above the fold, right-hand side, above the fold. It's mm. a big deal. So wow. here's what the headline of the article in the New York Times says, Israel accused of mistreating Gaza captives and then the smaller portion of the headline some are let go clad only in diapers and then inside on page 6 it says Israel accused of abusing and demeaning Palestinians detained in Gaza now (laughs) I just I was appalled to read this story and when I read that some of the captives are let go, they're released only in diapers. I was thinking, well, what about all the Jews that were rounded up and put in tunnels where there's marginal food or medical health care and everything else? If I was one of those... Jewish hostages, and Hamas came into my cell and said, "We're thinking of letting you go, but there's a condition <laughs> we'll let you go, but you have to wear a diaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> would I do it? <laughs> would you do it, Stu or would you say, No, no, I'm not leaving in a diaper i I want to be fully clothed and fully fed." Mm-hmm. And I want to be driven out of here in a nice car across, out, out in, across the wire into Israel. Are what great. are we talking about here, about Palestinian men who are military age, who were captured by the IDF, and who didn't obey evacuation orders? They did not leave an area that the IDF came into, and the IDF brought them out, strip them down to their underwear just the way military have done all around the world because as we say quote to ensure they're not concealing explosive vests or other weaponry were any of these men who were captured were they murdered there were few women were picked up who were, remained fully clothed with their headscarves were any of them raped uh, any beheaded any dismembered <laughs> Or in the case of an Israeli soldier who was captured, tortured, and killed, and beheaded, did, uh, and then the Hamas put out on the Internet that uh, they tried to sell his head, advertising it as the head of an IDF soldier for $10,000, $10,000. Did Israel do anything like this? So what we're dealing with here, Stu,
1: we know what is we're propaganda.
0: Doing. Propaganda. So, so the, the people, average the people that are writing and publishing these articles, accusing Israel of mistreating captives, mm-hmm. uh, and the and the worst accusation that I can find in this article is that some of the captives after they're being questioned are let go but they they happen to be only in diapers I don't know what that means to be in diapers whether it means underwear or what I really don't know but if if that's as bad as it gets when you consider what Hamas did to the Jewish families in the kibbutzes and at the rock festivals that were raped murdered dismembered their nude bodies dragged around and and displayed on the back of a pickup truck children, one-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, captured and still held in custody, etc., etc. This is This is absurd. This is an absurdity. And we talked earlier about the problems that the print media has. When I see the New York Times, which is supposed to be the paper of record for the United States of America, publishing this kind of uh, propaganda on the front page, I think it's really distressing. And I think it's very distressing that that my uh, alma mater, I have a graduate degree from the Kennedy School at Harvard, uh, continues to accommodate the anti-Semitism on campus, which I consider a disgrace. Uh, and that when I write to the dean of, of the Kennedy School at Harvard, Harvard and say, uh, you are supposed to be training the future leaders of America, what are you doing from a leadership standpoint to engage in the debate of this anti-Semitism on campus, and I can't get a reasonable answer for more than 60, 75 days after I send in my letter. Uh, this is this is a very disturbing situation for us to to be dealing with. This this is. Gross, rampant anti-Semitism here in the United States of America—it's disgraceful. It should be condemned, and people should should speak out against it. And when the when a major newspaper essentially. Does a propaganda piece on behalf of Hamas, as the New York Times did yesterday? Mm -hmm. Uh, People need to speak. They need to go on radio. They need to write letters to the editor. Um, They need to speak out. And if you're a Harvard graduate and you haven't written to Harvard yet, or a Stanford graduate, or Yale graduate, or Penn graduate, or an MIT graduate, and you haven't written in to express your disgust over what is going on on these campuses then that's a sad situation
1: you now people see this article in the in the times that are uneducated they're going to go ah oh. Those Israelis. Those, those damn Jews. Those Israelis. Can you are,
0: believe they, they, they let somebody go in diapers?
1: Yeah. I mean, Whoa, that's
0: horrible. That's, that's a war crime. That's if F- you don't have knowledge. F-
1: yeah, that's If you're not educated, you don't have knowledge, and that's what you will go with.
0: If you're a young man in Gaza, and you get the leaflet drop, and you get the Internet drop, and you get the warning, get out of this area, we're coming in, and you decide you're not going to leave, and you're holed up in a house or apartment building or hospital, because of course Hamas uses hospitals for cover uh, and and they surround you and you come out, you're you're not going to come out fully clothed, you come out, you get down on your knees you put your hands behind your back and yeah you might have a suicide vest on so, so you can go to the Holy Land with 72 virgins and take some uh, Jewish soldiers with you so yeah, you strip them down, not unusual talk to anybody who's been to a war and had to do deal with civilian fighters like the Viet Cong. That's what you have to do. You have to be careful or you'll end up dead.
1: So if there's anything positive about this whole thing is we're finally, finally people are starting to understand what is going on in our colleges, because this has been going on for decades and decades and decades, and there's been a yeah, couple it, of yes wake-up calls. And,
0: and two college presidents have resigned. That's just two. Nobody resigned at Stanford. Nobody resigned at at, uh, Yale. Nobody resigned at uh, MIT. Uh, Two of the three that testified are gone now. But in the case of Claudine Gay, the president of of Harvard, she's been hired back as a full professor at a salary of $900,000 a year. That's right. And in addition to the problem of anti-Semitism, which essentially she tolerated on the campus, if not promoted, but at least tolerated, and I think she played some role in in promoting it as well, but okay, she tolerated it. In, In her particular case, she also plagiarized her Ph.D. thesis and plagiarized her publications, and that's been proven. If you were a student at Harvard, and I, I was a student at Harvard, and I plagiarized on the papers that I submitted to earn my academic degree, I would be thrown out. I would be thrown out if I didn't properly document the sources in my papers. And I wrote a bunch of papers when I was there, and I, have, I still have some of them. Uh, I wrote a bunch of papers. But, but you would be expelled. That that would happen, and when I taught at UConn and Yale, at, when I taught at Yale, ten years, students that plagiarized in their in their academic work were subject to expulsion. Uh, in the, in the case of UConn, they've got about a ten page uh, online document that explains the punishments, and they and they say you are subject to administrative discipline, whatever that means. I mean, UConn is kind of like it's, it's like the government. It's kind of hard to figure out what they would do. But in any event, plagiarism is a bad thing. Uh, so, in addition to the problems of anti-Semitism on the campus, in addition to her horrible testimony before the the uh, House Committee, um, she she cheated in in her academic work, and yet she's still a full professor at Harvard. So, so the 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 uh, the problem has not ended by any means.
1: Well, listen, I I still in my heart hope that uh, our country can get better and uh, more people are waking up and getting educated, because that is the key. I hear some of these college kids, they're, uh, they're interviewed, and they are so clueless, absolutely yeah. clueless. They don't even know what they're demonstrating about. It's well, very sad. in the
0: old days, and I, I, when I was on campus, I was a hippie, and I was anti-war, and I was anti-military, and I was mm-hmm. anti-war, and, all, and I was in the civil rights movement, and everything. So, if if, if you're um, if you're young, you, you have a heart. <laughs> you yeah. should have a heart. You should show feelings for things and peoples, and, and that should reflect your behavior. But as you get over. As you get older, you got to have a brain. <laughs> As you get to know how the world works and you see how things are, you've, you've got to make judgments over and above just saying uh, the Jews are engaging in apartheid. In uh, in the Middle East, well, how can that be? How can that be when when Arabs and Muslims are included in the political, social, and political life of Israel? Unless no, you want to overthrow it and kill Jews. They live in, in, Is- they live in
1: Israel. Yeah, of course. It's, uh, it's, yeah, and and how can
0: you say they that they that. In, they took over the Palestinian property when when most of the kibbutzes were were purchased and most of the land was bought? And by the way. Six or seven or eight hundred years before Christ, the Jews were there. King David was there. The Temple of King David, the Wailing Wall, was built hundreds of years before Jesus Christ. the the, the, the yeah. Temple of King David was not built by the Palestinians. Well, it's good it's built to by know by the it's Jews. It's good
1: to know your history. It makes you a little uh, more privy of what's going on. I got to run, but I always appreciate you coming on, Rob.
0: Well, it's always fun, and uh, continue to tell it the way you see it, Stu.
1: All right. You have a wonderful year. I hope to talk to you soon.
0: You bet. Take care. Thank you.